Wednesday and welcome back to another information packed episode on Ready Set Real Estate. Let me bring my mic closer. Mic check, mic check. So I am uh, testing for those of you, shout out to our IG folks if you're tuning in. You are catching the live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Lisa Gillette. I am your show host, creator and founder of all many, many cool things. Uh, also known as Super Agent. So most of you know me as the creator of the Real Estate 100 Movement, teaching real estate literacy to our youth and young adult communities. Uh, doing tons of fun stuff. So make sure you say hi, say hello, drop a comment in the chat below. You do know the price of admission for all this free game is what? Press one lets me know you're here. Two lets me know you shared it. And I'm adding something new, which is if you receive uh, just kind of a real estate gem, something that just blows your mind that you didn't know, I want you to drop the mic drop. So drop the mic icon the emoji down below if you what i say or what i share albeit myself or my guests if you really feel that and it was like oh yeah see that was a gem make sure you drop that icon that emoji down below all right now for those of you who are tuning in on ig this is a live and ig doesn't have quite the technology yet to do screen shares at least on this platform. I know people have been able to do it before. I am literally testing out two cameras and multiple monitors and all kinds of cool stuff. So let me move this here. I don't really want it in front of me. <laughs> I don't want it in front of me. Uh, today's topic is going to be juicy. Episode 160. Can you evict your boyfriend, girlfriend after breakup? Some of you may know the answer already. Have you been there, done that, lived through it? Thank goodness, restraining orders involved. Woo, right? Okay, now, um, I'm sure most of you have either know someone or have lived or been through it. And as I was putting this together, so today we are going to do a webinar style. So essentially, I will have a, sh I will have a screen share. We're going to share screen. So yes, I want you to bring your uh, pens, pads, papers, notebooks, and take some notes because I will be talking about some, some heavy concepts, but I'm really breaking it down. So I will break it all the way down. <laughs> okay, before I do that, I want to remind you, of course, we are in what, second quarter of 2022. Write down those real estate goals. Write down your real estate goals doesn't matter wherever you are and starting on this journey, write down those goals. You'd be absolutely in awe and in enamored with yourself of how you are manifesting and co-creating your life. And that's we actively are co-creators and co-creating, co designing our lives. So make sure you are doing that. So write down your goals. Uh, also, of course, I've got to give a disclaimer on the show. Of course, this information is for uh, the information provided on the show is for information purposes only. Do not please do not consider it legal or tax advice. You are you should be and you're encouraged to go connect with those licensed professionals regarding your specific situation, situation, situation. <laughs> 
So don't don't take what I say. You always I, what I like to say is don't let me lie to you. So go fact check and double check. And of course, if you have something that might have tax implications, consequences, and there's some legal uh, issues involved with what you are going through, go go talk with those professionals. Okay, if you're local, I'm I may be able to help you. South Cal Southern California, SoCal is my backyard, and that's what I have to say. Now, you may say to me, who the heck are you, Lisa, you know, talking to us about this? Well, very easy. I am an active real estate professional. In fact, I'm a broker owner of Devenio Estates. That is our independent brokerage company that has no affiliation with Ready, Set Real Estate. They don't own one another. They're completely independent. I am a pricing strategy advisor. I'm certified as a foreclosure uh, specialists and I am totally enjoying probates and trust right now so definitely definitely reach out if you have a scenario that involves probate and trust uh, really enjoying it just I mean I it's just twofold for me I get to work with the senior community I get to work with inheritors I get to honor the ancestors that have passed away the decedents are our clients essentially their estates that we are moving through the probate process and so Listen, listen, enjoying that. And I did mention seniors. I'm also seniors real estate specialist. So those are my designations along with my own trademark, super agent. Of course, that means I just do a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> and I'm having a great time doing it. Yes, nodding my head. Okay, before we jump into today's segment, of course, this show was brought to you by, we do have a sponsor for this show. If you are interested in sponsoring, welcome come join, come hang out, uh, definitely get connected. And if you have a product to offer, a product or service to offer to the real estate industry, entrepreneurs, poppreneurs, mompreneurs, listen, uh, connect with us. I'm at LA Super Agent or at Ready Set Real Estate. You can send us a DM, tag, message, email. I do give my phone number away. I'll drop that shortly. But we first want to thank our show sponsor. So we will be right back after this sponsor break. Do you have properties that need to be maintained? For professional services that guarantee your property will stay safe and secure, Omnis Property is the team you want by your side. As a company, we pride ourselves on our best-in-class professionals, equipped with the latest technology for all your end-to-end -end property preservation needs. That means that from start to finish, our expert team can handle everything from accurate assessments to preservation projects of all sizes. Save money and time by working with leading experts that understand your needs and are committed to premier service. Get started today by contacting us for your project estimate. Visit www.omnispreservation.com or call 310-957-9132. Thank you to our show sponsor again, Omnis Property Solutions, uh, serving the real estate community. I've worked with them personally. <laughs> professionally and doing a great job clean outs from abandoned car removals junk you name it lighten that load for you and your clients okay because sometimes we have to deliver properties vacant and uh, that is a task in itself all right uh, doing screen share listen if you are on the IG if you're on Instagram say hi say hello drop a comment I just can't wait to see what the frame looks like because I haven't used um, this platform in a while it's been a while, but I want to say welcome. It looks like you all are chiming in. I mean, I see a couple folks out there. Sensational, Kate Brown, uh, Kenny, Jarvis, 
Boss B125, thanks for chiming in. We're talking about uh, evicting girlfriend and boyfriend after breakup. Can you do that? Uh, if you know me and connected with me on Instagram, let me know if you see the background. Does it have the text overlay and all the phone stuff? Because I'm testing that platform over there. Here, uh, what I'm using, we're streaming to about six platforms simultaneously. So as you can tell, I care that we get this information out there. A lot of people are like, gosh, we really need this information. If you're on IG, uh, you definitely can catch the replay because what I do is repurpose the video anyway and you'll be able to catch the screen share. So like I said, we're going to do classroom style today, really jump into this topic because there's some heavy concepts, especially as I was putting together, there goes my thought, I was thinking about COVID, right? So in the moratorium, uh, nationally, it became a national moratorium. You could have people cohabitating, uh, moving in with you, and it could not be grounds for eviction. Now, let's say you're in a state that's now released, uh, you know, the moratorium. And a couple states have, some haven't, some continue to extend it. And it continues to offer tenant protections in play. So we're like in a very fine line in terms of tenant protections, forbearances, what do you do if somebody stops paying the rent? What if you do if somebody stops paying the mortgage? Uh, we are noticing more separations and divorces popping up. As a result, people are selling their properties. They're trying to move on. They're doing uh, buyouts and cash outs. So we're, we are going to talk about that today. So if you know anyone who is experiencing that, going through it, contemplating it, tag them and tell them, listen, you need to listen. You need to check this out. All right. Cool. So we're going to talk about, uh, as an intro, we'll explore financing options. So what I want to do today is focus on what it means when you're adding boyfriend, girlfriend um, as part of the like home journey process, right? What does that mean when you get them involved so that you can purchase something and qualify something? And then towards the end, I'm going to distinguish between uh, kind of ownership rights versus tenant rights that you may have moved in a girlfriend or boyfriend after the fact. And now things are ending, things are, you know, not pretty, or it might be amicable, right? And it's time to move on. And then that person says, no, well, I've kicked in, you know, housing payment, I've covered the mortgage, I've helped you do X, Y, Z. Does that give rights to that person to stay in your property? Mm. All right. Are you ready for this? I think this is, we did, I did this segment two years ago so I'm now bringing it with the updated laws and information as it relates to moratoriums a couple years ago we called it love and home ownership so this this time I'm talking about that breakup right can you evict and of course naturally I get asked that question right people are wanting to put their ex out and how do you do that how can you accomplish that uh, heard about changing the locks right oh change the locks on them put their stuff out Turn off the utilities. No, no, you can't do that. Cut it out. Stop doing that. You'll be subject to a penalty of $100 per day. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll talk about explorer financing options, what you need to know about adding a co-bar, very, very important. 
statement of information, which is called essentially a title check. We do, uh, it's, it's like the background check of the real estate industry before you buy property. And the last part, we'll talk about what to do with the property when the relationship ends. So I'm setting us up in terms of how did we get here, right? Like how do we get here? Well, when things were all copacetic and it was lovely and great, you may have decided together that instead of paying rent separately you would merge your lives together and now you'll kick in on covering a mortgage payment i want you to also think in the context of even though i'm speaking about relationships like intimate relationships i want you to think about this in context of siblings cousins uncles nephews mother daughter granddaughters got it you get it so relationships and where we're cohabiting and joining finances joining resources and joining vesting which means legal legal stuff is involved here so as a co-borrower and a joint applicant so what does that mean essentially that means you are deciding to really commit to this you're jumping on board and what does that look like that means credit scores are being run and being considered for all applicants. So girlfriend, boyfriend, we're looking at your credit score, uh, looking at your debt. And it's, it's really interesting when I do these buyer strategy meets with clients, they then say to me, I didn't re I feel so naked. I feel so vulnerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're buying property, we find out a whole lot of your spending habits, your saving habits, um, the debt that you've accumulated over the last couple of years, the decisions that you have been making. Um, and we've, we've all been there, right? We've got situationships, we've got relationships, all kinds of stuff going on. And so this is why it's key to understand what's involved when you make these decisions. So income, right? I recommend that you don't wait until you meet with a professional like myself. <laughs> I've got my orange in my hand. Don't wait until you meet a professional like myself and discuss income talk about it amongst each other how much do you earn right like what's your take-home after taxes uh, are you paying child support is that is there spousal support you know do you have an alimony that's being deducted from your paycheck if it's not deducted do you owe anything do you owe anyone right do you have a car have you just recently financed a car those types of things do you have student loans right so we're talking about what not only the income you bring but things that are being deducted against the income that you bring assets and liabilities right what assets do you have do you have we talked about crypto and uh, how we can count that and use that in fact there's a company now offering offering crypto mortgages uh, it's funny after i said <laughs> Anyway, I'll leave that for you to go look that up on our on our archive. Go check out the archive. I talked about that, how to invest in real estate uh, with crypto and a whole bunch of stuff. So there's tons of content on the uh, on our platforms. Then down payment. Do you have the down payment or does boyfriend, girlfriend have the down payment? Who's bringing the money? Uh, that's important. And when you're talking about down payment, is it a loan? Are you gifting it to that person or are you letting them borrow it, right? What is the exchange? You know, if I give you the down, am I going to be on title, right? And do know that there's such a thing as a non, um, 
you don't necessarily need to be on the loan. And so there's there's definitely creative financing ways and strategies in how you can finance a property when financing is involved. Okay, how are you feeling about this? Good so far, head nods, great. Any questions, you can drop them. Stop me along the way. Classroom style is always interactive. You can always ask your questions. So think, consider, what are you considering in your relationship? Uh, Co-borrowing. And so someone's asked me this before. I've had this question before. Uh, when they run the credit, you know, are our credit scores combined? Not in that sense, because you're not married. Um, what happens is when you're applying, it does show that you are applying for a mortgage. And mortgages are, you know, like anything else, a loan is a hard hit or hard inquiry is what it's called. And what the lenders are looking at, and, you know, sad to bust your bubble, even though you might be using some of these apps to track your credit scores, that's cool. I think it's great that you're on top of it. You have the alerts. Definitely determine yourself from being a victim of identity fraud. However, lenders use a different scoring system. And what they do is take the middle score of the lowest score. It's not an average. It's not the best. It's if both of you are coming to the table and you're applying, they're going to take the lower score of the two and the middle score. Go figure, their formula, not mine. And assets and liabilities, like I said, list those assets, why? Because I remind folks that this is an opportunity because if you're coming in with 3%, 3.5%, 5%, 10% down, that means you are borrowing the remaining balance of the purchase price. What that means is you are telling a lender and all they have to go out go by is your credit score Right. If you have credit cards, they're short term loans due every 30 days. You're spending and borrowing the money. Uh, are you paying it back in full? Are you paying it, you know, in minimum? All those things matter. And how long have you been doing? So credit history matters. I think what I'm going to do is just a segment just on credit. Yes. Note to self segment just on credit. Um, with that, let me put the show topic right here so that folks have it. Um, so assets and then liabilities, those student loans, car loans, I could say alimony, child support, those are the liabilities that you're on the hook for. What else can you think about? Credit card debt, uh, collections, maybe some old stuff on there, medical, um, that kind of stuff. So might still be on there. Um, what else? What else can you think about? Hmm. What else can you think about? Um... I think that, I mean, you, you get the gist, you get the gist. Uh, so you get the gist. All right, moving along. Feeling good about that? Great. Then there's this thing called statement of information. So I gave you an example earlier on and I put it in the context or metaphor as to, this is kind of like the background check of the real estate transaction. When you're purchasing real property, there are a couple uh, valid reasons in terms of insuring you, getting insurance, title insurance, protecting any claims against the property, uh, that's why you get insurance, in the event of fraud, in the event of a lawsuit, um, there's an insurance policy that you should get. Now I realize, and it just baffles me, not everybody gets title insurance. I would not do that. I wouldn't, there's no way I would do a transaction, I would do a purchase or investment and not insure my title. 
no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Now that you're listening and you're on the show, you now know better, you do better, right? If you're hearing it for the first time, uh, you know to do it. You may say to me, well, what are the scenarios where someone may not get title insurance? Well, oftentimes if they're buying uh, that property and there's a complicated, the title is complicated or clouded. You know, there's a whole bunch of people, there's things going on. And you're trying to take that property, purchase it, and then flip it or move it quickly. That might be a reason or scenario where somebody may not get title insurance is because when you do title insurance, they are doing that that uh, check on the chain of title, the history of title. So what are they checking for? Name. Names tend to be very common across the board. Very common. Unless you're very unique and special. Like my son has very unique uh, spelling to his name. Last name is very common, but he has a unique spelling to this name. And if someone may be using uh, his name or if someone has a similar name, we are checking to make sure this is that person. So what are they asking for? Um, the address and place you've worked for the last 10 years. They're verifying your full name. Sometimes people don't use middle names or don't have middle names. So full name, date of birth, social security number. Addresses, place of employment, your current status, are you employed, retired, etc. Why? Because when they run this check, they're going to check it against a database of people that have liens, have child support, have lawsuits, have bankruptcies, have a whole life and situation going on. And why is that important? Because guess what? If any of those obligations show up, that means you will have to pay off those obligations or show some type of payment arrangement to those obligations. So very important. What are they checking for? As you see here, there's a checklist of items they're checking for. Child support that you're complying, spousal support that you're complying. If you have a judgment recorded on you, it does show up, right? Judgments show up, bankruptcies show up, liens show up. So just making sure, again, I'm setting us up in the context as how did we get here? How did we get to where two people are living together? They're kicking in housing expenses uh, right before things now go south. Any questions on this so far? Statement of information? Nope. All right, good. You guys are rock stars. <laughs> Let's talk about title insurance. What is title insurance? So you hear me explain it shortly, very shortly. Let me move this down for you. So boom, so you can have that. Title insurance is a loan policy. It's a loan po policy. I'm going to read it verbatim for you. It's finance properties. So finance properties, those I just explained, where you and a borrower, co-borrower, joint applicant is coming on board and you are using a loan to purchase uh, the property, right? You're bringing money to the table you're and you're borrowing the rest. So lenders do require a title policy. So finance properties require title insurance. It protects the lender's interest until the home is either paid off or refinanced. And even at that point, there's like another policy for a new amount. And the cost is based on the loan. Now there's an owner's title policy. It protects the new owners for as long as they own it. So as long as you own it and the cost is based on the purchase price. What are they doing? What are they looking for? They search, hey guy over here on IG, they search for public record for liens and levies. They're looking for what discrepancies can come up. So very good to just be on top of like your name, your legal stuff, and be aware if you've 
applied for something and they misspelled your name and it shows up on your credit, that now becomes your AKA. You're also known as that. I know. I don't like it either. Uh, my maiden name has been like butchered. Puerto, Porto, you know, Porto, Porta. And so like that shows up if they've misspelled my name. It's like it creates a mess. But anyway, uh, you want to make sure that you're checking for discrepancies. What they're also looking for when they do a, a title check is this is mo so important, especially because I shared with you, I deal with the probates and the trust. What's important is that they're checking for undisclosed heirs. Um, or excuse me, let me what they are covering against is undisclosed heirs. What they're covering against or protecting you against is discrepancies. What they're protecting, protecting you against is forgeries or fraud. Uh, I have a few clients that have experienced the forgery and the fraud stuff, not fun. And you have to legally correct that and fix that by way of a quiet title action. What is that called? A quiet title action. And it's a lawsuit. It's a procedure, a legal procedure in which you're asking the court to rectify uh, the chain of title and, and, and so forth. So court order to clean it up is what's important, okay? Um, and they're looking for filing errors in the survey. So it's a benefit to have title insurance. Again, I don't, I don't know why someone would not have the title insurance. So now we get into, as we're talking about the breakup and the makeup, so everything's copacetic. And as we're talking about the relationship and purchasing, there's a thing that most people don't realize. When you buy real property, when you buy real estate, you buy a house, you buy a multifamily, uh, there is a such a thing called title vesting. In the contract, it actually stipulates, it requires you to designate what your vesting is. What is your vesting? When you open escrow or you're going through settlement, depending what state you're in, they will have a form drafted and prepared for you asking you, how are you taking title to this property? So if you're all booed up and in your relationship and you're not married, you can easily say, I'm going to take title as uh, my as a single man, a single woman, right? Um, if that's the case, then there's a vesting called sole ownership. Now recall, remember what I just said earlier on, had this person given you down payment, right? What was the agreement? Did they say they were going to be on title? Because if that's the case, you cannot be sole owner if you're adding your boyfriend, girlfriend to the title. Um, what you have an option to do is tenants in common or joint tenancy. So let me kind of bring it back here. Let's talk about these vestings, right? So sole ownership means the buyer owns in their name solely and separately, even if married or in a domestic partnership. The spouse partner will have to sign a quick claim deed subject to probate if not in a living trust. So it is subject to probate if not in a living trust. Hey, Big A, thanks for tuning in. I like this, you know, on you know, folks on IG. The only thing is that on IG, you guys can't see the screen share, but I will figure that out so we can get back to streaming live on the IG. I really miss streaming live on IG. Then there's tenants in common. So two or more co-owners uh, takes the ownership in a property with specified interest. For example, person A, partner A has 45% interest. Person B has 55% interest to make the whole 100% interest. You follow that? So 
you don't necessarily have to be a joint tenant in taking vesting as a boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner. You can do it as tenants in common. And you've got to specify, though, in the tenants in common, what is your interest. Now, I won't cover it on this show in terms of what the consequences mean as far as title vesting. If you want the chart, I do have a chart. I have a great chart prepared by an attorney that you can send me an email to lisa at lasuperagent.com. That's easiest. Or, of course, you can text me 323-488-3265. Drop a text and say, send over the vesting chart. <laughs> and then there's the community, oh, excuse me, the joint tenancy with rights of survivorship. Now, I didn't realize there was a difference. See, now I'm, I'm in law school and I'm actually covering this in real property law. And I didn't notice there was a difference between joint tenancy and joint tenancy with right of survivorship. And uh, very, very interesting things because some things can get really complicated when you're talking about breakups and people want to move on. And remember, while I'm using an example of uh, girlfriend, boyfriend context as it relates to breakups, you can think about this as, you know, family, familial relationships or even just friendships. I do know a group of individuals that purchased as friends. They purchased and invested, right? Especially when you're talking about syndicating these uh, types of investments. You may create an LLC, you're all syndicated. It's clear to understand what your vesting is or what the vesting is to that particular property because it will affect your exit, right? Affect your exit when you want out. So joint tenancy with right of survivorship essentially means that owners all have equal shares and the surviving owner ends up owning the entire property. Get it? That's it. That's kind of ironclad. <laughs> it's ironclad. No undoing that one. Then there's community property, which is usually for husband and wife, wives, husbands, husbands, wives, wives. Each own 50% or half upon death. The remaining half can be willed or passed to someone else other than the surviving spouse. So what are your CP states? CP meaning community property, California, Nevada, Louisiana, Wisconsin, Texas, Arizona, Washington, Idaho, and New Mexico. Got it? Those are. Hey, Kelly boy, he says, keep up great work, love. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Keeping it up. <laughs> And with those community property states, it's very important to understand this is a vesting that can affect uh, blended families, right? Stepchildren or bonus children, it can affect blended families. So just be mindful of how you are taking title, all right? So now you get to the point where you're saying, it's over. I'm out, get out, it's over. I don't want you living here anymore. Can you say that? Can you say that? Can you say, I don't want you here anymore? <laughs> you got to go? Mm. Well, it depends. If they are on the loan, it depends. If they are on title, it's not so easy to say, get out. It's not so easy to say, I want out. Why? Because if you have title rights, if you are on title, and keep up with me, if your girlfriend, boyfriend, partner is on title, 
then they have what is called rights to partition. Essentially, they can force a sale. Ugh, right? It's life. So any owner has the right to sell their share of the property. Remember we were talking about vesting? They have a vested interest. Depending on how they took title, it could be a percentage, or if it's joint tenancy, it could be 50%. So in an amicable world, where we're all grown, we're all emotionally mature, if they all agree, then they sell and they move on. If none agree, if none agree, what we do with this house and what do we do about moving forward, then the courts, right, by way of an attorney petitioning for legal action to partition the property uh, for sale. So the court can get involved and say, all right, you can't get along, you're really that upset, then we're just going to go ahead and have to sell the property and force the sale of the property. And so you have an option by, uh, depending where you are, what state and jurisdiction, you do partition by allotment, and it's not available in all jurisdictions, but court awards property to one owner and order, orders them to pay the divided interest to the other party. For example, it becomes a buyout. They buy them out. Um, other jurisdictions will order partition sale. So partition by sale means the court orders the sale and the proceeds are divided amongst the owners. Any questions, comments, feedback? So rights to partition. This is the ugly side of the real estate business that most folks don't really talk about. I've encountered it. I've had to do it. Um, it's not fun. It, it's just not fun. It's just part of it. It's just part of the life. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Why is it not so easy to tell the boyfriend, girlfriend, partner to get out after the breakup? Well, if they're on the loan, what if they're on the loan? Then it looks like you are going to have to buy them out or cash them out. And then here's the, the, the tricky thing, right? It's oftentimes a sad thing. If they want out and they're on the loan and they stop paying the mortgage, you now are responsible for the full mortgage by yourself and you can't carry the mortgage in full by yourself, you've got a really financial challenge, right? So there are a couple things that you should be considering. Can you qualify for a refinance? Can you refinance this person out of this loan to get them off and buy out their interests? That's one option. The second option is, um, would you be able to do loan modification? Likely, right? Yes, you can claim that you got in it with this partner, this person, you've lost that income. Let's look into a, a loan modification. Good news to those of you who are experiencing financial hardship. Uh, FHA has just added. So FHA is the Federal Housing Administration. They are the insurer of loans. Uh, hey, Jamar, great seeing you. Uh, he says, let's go. Of course, they are insured of loans. So good news is, as someone exhibiting financial hardship, they now are offering a 40-year forbearance option. So if you don't qualify for the standard and they can't get down your mortgage payment down uh, to about 25%, 
uh, in those guidelines, then what that means is they will offer the 40-year mortgage option. And the goal is to keep you in the house. The goal is to lower your payment, right, as you're exhibiting this or experiencing this. So again, we are recapping what is happening when you want to evict your girlfriend, boyfriend after a breakup. Now that is just depending on were they on title, were they on the loan, what do we do? So as we're talking about if they're on the loan, then one partner uh, wants out and off the loan, then the possesses it, possesses, possessory owner, gotta say that slow, say that five, five times, possessory, possessory, possessory owner will have to refinance or qualify for a loan to pay off the existing debt and buy out the other party. With rates rising, uh, that definitely could be a challenge. Now, I'm going to pause here. How are you feeling about this information? Now, you know I said if to get this gems, get this free game and information, press one, lets me know you're here. Two, lets me know you've shared it. Drop a mic if you've received a gem and something I shared was like just blew your mind and you were like, whoa, I didn't know that. All right, all right. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, thanks for sharing, Kyle, in the building. Sharon, um, I mean, we're over here on our IG live. I love it. I miss our IG folks over here. Moving along. Now, there is the question as to, well, if the partner is not on title, thanks, Ebony. She's like, one, shared it. Uh, one, I'm here. Two, I'm shared it. Perfect. So the next aspect of this whole thing and how we got here, if the partner is not on title, not on the loan, then what? What kind of situation do we have here? What do we do here? Very easy, but not depending on the environment of moratoriums, okay? Depending on your county, depending on your state. But let's go over what special circumstances this now refers to, right? Again, can you evict your boyfriend, girlfriend, your house, right? Uh, they've been chipping in. They said, well, hey, wait a minute. I've been paying towards your mortgage. I've been covering the housing expense. I'm not going anywhere. Not so fast. Not so fast, jabroni. The relationship may have com complicated matters, right? As oftentimes it does. It will complicate things. But in short, without a vested interest or financial interest, the partner who's being asked to leave or move out the house likely does not have a lease agreement. They may have contributed towards housing expenses. Because here's the reality. Someone moves in, girlfriend, boyfriend, you're not like drafting a lease agreement and saying, okay, you got to pay me rent, right? That's just kind of the complication of relationships and us saying we're going to chip in. The other aspect is they don't have a vested interest in the property means they're not on title. They have no financial interest, meaning they're not on the loan. They're not obligated uh, to you by way of being a co-borrower on the loan. There was no barter or exchange of real property, meaning they did not say, okay, well, I'm gonna sell my house and, li and live with you, right? They, they didn't say that. They didn't say, I'm gonna sell my house, live with you, and in exchange for that, I'm going to, you know, when I sell my house, I'm going to uh, take 20000 and then put down on this house. If you don't have anything that complicated, because that, that now becomes a very complicated 
and a legal issue that has to be ironed out legally. I'm saying if none of that happened, like no barter exchange of real property, because uh, that would essentially make them a licensee to the property, not a tenant. But if that doesn't apply, then they are considered what is called a tenant at will. And it requires a 30-day notice to vacate and 60 days if they've occupied the property for more than one year. Okay, I'll let that marinate and resonate. It could be, you know, that's definitely a lot of information. <laughs> Right, is we're talking about can you evict your boyfriend, girlfriend after a breakup? So not on title, not on the loan. They said, hey, can I move in, right? Can I move in? Can I stay for a week? Now here's what, what's interesting because in the environment of COVID, some of you may have allowed family and friends to move in. They don't have a place to go. Rent has gone up. Um, they lost their job. It's very challenging to get a landlord to approve a rental application if you don't have a source of income coming in to substantiate covering the rent, right? So you have all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> you have all kinds of scenarios, the, the last bit of my tea. <laughs> you have all kinds of interesting scenarios that when things you want claim to your property and your space and you're like, okay, I'm over it. I need my space back. Uh, albeit a relationship, albeit a friend, family member who says, can I stay for a week? Can I stay for two? Listen, you now have what is called an unwanted house guest and you have to evict them. What? What? Yes. You mean to tell me I was trying to help this person out? They're not moving. I've asked them to leave. They're not moving. Yeah, you can't ask them to leave. You can't just say, hey, can you leave? You've got to actually give them notice and know that doesn't mean texting them. That, that does, that's not going to hold up in court. That doesn't mean sending them an email. No, you actually have to serve them a notice to vacate. 30 days if they've been there for less than a year. 60 days if they've been there for more than one year. And that means you have a tenant at will meaning they are staying there at their own will. You all have not outlined the terms of the stay. There's no lease agreement. There's no terms. There's none of that. And you have to go through the legal process of um, evicting them. Not fun, but that's the legal aspect of it. All right. With that, I say any comments, questions, I'll give you a minute. If you found anything I've shared today, again, information packed, as always, subscribe, like, and share. Love your feedback. Just drop a comment if you have a scenario, you have a situation that this resonates that you find like, okay, I definitely almost try to put somebody out and you would have just subjected yourself to a fine and all kinds of legal issues. So don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Uh, definitely consult with the, le the professionals, legal professionals, uh, real estate brokers, those folks on your team to help you move this through the channels. That way you can get somebody out. All right. Make sure you connect, build and share with me at LA super agent. And our show also has an Instagram at ready set real estate. With that, I say have a powerful, whoops, I'm over here rough beating my mic. Have a powerful and productive week. We will see you next week on another information packed episode of ready set real estate. Bye.